Welcome to Stories of Terra. My name is Guy Black or Ravenhood on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe where the webs of treachery are old and deep. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Runeterra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of this entire project as one of, I have now found, a few little projects out there compiling audio versions of League stories and lore. This week's tale is Elise, the Spider Queen. Are you ready for my terrible impression? Beauty is power too, and can strike swifter than any sword. Elise is a deadly predator who dwells in a shuttered, lightless palace deep within the oldest city of Noxus. She was once the mistress of a powerful noble house, until the bite of a vile spider god transformed her into something utterly inhuman, yet still beautiful. An arachnoid creature drawing unsuspecting prey into her web. Elise now feeds upon the naive and the faithless, and there are few who can resist her seductions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to listen to my dulcet tones emulate the seductress voice of a spider lady? Okay, maybe you're just going to enjoy the story. Uh, Once again to everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoy my podcast, maybe you will enjoy the work of someone I just discovered. Their name is Prestige Edition, and they have a podcast called League of Legends audiobooks. Uh, I think it's available on most platforms, but they essentially do the same thing I do, but they've got their own flair and have hit more focus on some of the stories. So maybe go check them out as well if you enjoy the League of Legends audiobooks that are going on. I've listened to quite a couple of the episodes and they're real great. So if you enjoy my stuff, go check out them and I guess tell them I sent you, but there's nothing that I get out of it out of uh, other than the pleasure of sharing someone else doing good work. Anyway, thanks again, and let's jump into Elise. Just a little warning to anybody that does not like spiders or has arachnophobia, this is not the episode for you. But just wanted to let you know, maybe catch us next week if you really don't like spiders. The Lady Elise was born centuries ago to House Kythera, one of the oldest bloodlines of Noxus, 
and swiftly learned the power of beauty to influence the weak. When she came of age, she entered the courtship of Berholt, heir to the house of Zavad. Their union was opposed by many, since it would strengthen Kythera at Zavan's expense. But Elise worked hard to beguile her intended husband, and manipulated her detractors to secure a betrothal. Unbeknownst to her, this political marriage had been planned for many years by shadowy forces working behind the scenes throughout the Empire, with Berholt Zavan a mere pawn in a much larger game. Even so, it was an unexpected twist that Elise should dominate him so completely. And while he remained the face of his house, it was clear who was in charge. As time passed, his resentment grew. One evening, over a typically frosty dinner, Berholt revealed that he had poisoned her wine and demanded Elise withdraw from society and allow him to take up the reins of power. Knowing he would have the antidote about his person, Elise played the role of a remorseful wife, weeping and begging her husband's forgiveness. Just as it seemed he might be convinced, she snatched up a knife and plunged it into his heart. Even with the antidote, Elise was bedridden for weeks, and it was then that the pale woman approached her. The enigmatic mistress of the Black Rose spoke of a secret society where hidden knowledge and sorcery were shared among those who could be trusted and kept from those who could not. In truth, the pale woman did not care who controlled each of the noble houses as long as they were sworn to her. Since Elise had killed the thrall Beholt, she would have to prove her own value or a more suitable replacement would be found. Seeing a path to greater power, Elise took to the cabal like few before her. She met often with the most prominent members, trading influence and thwarting arrivals in a complex web of tangled schemes. With the wealth of two houses, there were not many who could oppose her, and she became even more adept at persuading others to do her bidding. Eventually, she learned of an object that held great significance for the Black Rose. The skull of an ancient warlord known as San Uzal, rumored to have been hidden long ago in the Shadow Isles. Keen to gain the pale woman's favor, Elise found a desperate, debt-ridden captain willing to bear her and a handful of devotees to the cursed city of Helia. They came ashore on a beach of ashen sand and were tormented by spiteful wraiths as they searched in vain for the lost vault but Elise found something she had not anticipated. A creature of the long-forgotten past had made its home in the lightless depths beneath the city. This bloated, chitinous monster was the spider god Vilma, and it erupted from the shadows to devour the intruders before sinking its fangs into Elise's shoulder. She fell, howling and convulsing as the venom wrought terrible changes upon her body. Her spine rippled with undulant motion and arachnoid legs pushed out from her flesh. Finally, breathless with the agony of transformation, Elise turned to find her new master looming above her. An unspoken understanding passed between them in that moment, and she scuttled back to the beach, untroubled by the isle's spirits as she weaved in and out of the twisted tree line. 
Some weeks later, when her ship arrived back at the Noxian capital in the dead of night, Elise had regained her human form, though she was the only living thing left on board. Though no evidence was ever found of the warlord's skull, the pale woman saw Elise's dangerous new gift for what it was, a means to come and go safely between Noxus and the Shadow Isles. An accord was struck, wherein the Black Rose would provide Elise with endless unwitting sacrifices to offer up to the Spider God, and in return, she would recover any artifacts of power she could get from those benighted, forbidding shores. Elise once again took up residence in the neglected halls of House Zavan, carefully cultivating a reputation as a seductive yet unreachable recluse. Few have ever guessed her true nature, yet fanciful rumors abound, wild tales of her ageless beauty, and a terrifying voracious creature said to lair in the bowels of her dilapidated, dust-wreathed palace. Those centuries have passed. Wherever Elise feels the summons of her god, she returns to the land of the black mist with a hapless suitor in tow, or some other easily swayed soul. And none who accompany her ever return. Today's story is entitled Strand by Silken Strand, and it is, according to League Wiki, written by Graham McNeil. The week spent on the ocean had made Marcus feel dizzy and weak, so he was glad to be back on dry land. The path leading from the basalt shore had a slick, oily quality, making it a treacherous underfoot. The crooked trees to either side were wretched, blackened husks that wept yellowed sap from where it looked like some panicked animal had clawed them ragged. Soft light shimmered between the trees, dancing like the corpse candles that flickered over marshland and drew unwary souls to their doom. The branches were hung with what looked like canopies of ragged muslin, and it took Marcus a moment to realize they were swathes of cobwebs. Wiry bracken clogged the undergrowth on either side of the path, rustling with the motion of unseen creatures shadowing their passage through the forest. Perhaps the rats infesting the ship had followed them. Marcus had never caught sight of one beyond a fleeting glimpse of a swollen blackford body or the skittering sound of claws on wood. He'd never been able to shake the notion that it sounded as if these rats had a few too many legs than that any normal rat should have. The island's air was heavy with damp, and his finely tailored tunic and boots were sodden with clinging moisture. He held the scented pometer beneath his nose, but it did little to disguise the stench of the island reminding him of the charnel pits behind the walls of Noxus when the winds blew in from the ocean. Thinking back to his homeland, he felt a brief twinge of unease. The revels in the catacombs far beneath the city had been deliciously illicit thrill, a reward for following the secret symbol of the black-petaled bloom. Within the darkened sepulchres, he and his fellows gathered his devotees, where she waited. He looked ahead, hoping for a glimpse of the beguiling woman whose words had brought so many of them to this place. He caught a flash of crimson silk and 
swaying hips before the mist oozing between the trees obscured his sight of her. He'd thrilled to the sermons of her ancient god, and he'd been overjoyed when he and the others had been chosen to join her on this pilgrimage. It seemed like a grand adventure when they boarded the heavily laden bark at midnight under the still gaze of the mute and hooded steersman. But being so far from Noxus had begun to dull his enthusiasm. Marcus passed and turned to look along the path. His fellow pilgrims pushed past like vacant-eyed cattle en route to the slaughterman's hammer. What was wrong with them? Behind them came the steersman, gliding over the path as though his feet barely touched it. His robes were undulant with motion, and suffocating fear flowered in Marcus's breast at the thought of being near this repellent figure. He turned away, only to find himself face to face with her. Elise, he said, and the breath caught in his throat. He instinctively wanted to push her away and flee this awful place, but the intoxication of her dark beauty overpowered any thought of rejection. His sense of revulsion passed so swiftly, he wasn't even sure he truly felt it. Marcus, she said, and the sound of his name on her lips was divine, sending a surge of pleasure down his spine. Her beauty transfixed him, and he savored every detail of her perfect form. Her features were angular and sharp, framed by lustrous crimson hair, like that of a high-born girl he once knew. Full lips and eyes of dark radiance drew him deeper into her web, with the promise of raptures yet to come. A cloak of sable, secured by an eight-pronged brooch, mantled her rounded shoulders, it rippled with motion, though there was no wind to stir it. Is something the matter, Marcus? She said. Her smoky tones soothed his fear like a balm. I need you to be at peace at once. You are at peace, aren't you, Marcus? Yes, Elise, he said. I, I am at peace. Good. It would make me unhappy to know you are not at peace when we are so close. The thought of displeasing her sent a jolt of panic through Marcus, and he dropped to the ground. He wrapped his arms around her legs, her limbs slender and alabaster white, smooth and cold to the touch. Anything for you, mistress. Anything for you, he said. She looked down on him and smiled. For an instant, Marcus thought he saw something long, thin, and glossy shift beneath her coat. The motion was sickening and unnatural, but, but he didn't care. She hooked a sharpened obsidian black fingernail under his chin and drew him to his feet. A rivulet of blood ran down his neck, but he ignored it as she turned and led him onward. He willingly followed. All thoughts, save pleasing her, vanishing like wind-blown smoke. The trees thinned out, and the path ended before a rocky cliff carved with time-weathered symbols that made his eyes sting. A shadowed cave gaped like a vile maw at the base of the cliff, and Marcus felt his certainty waver as a sudden sense of dread uncoiled in his gut. 
Elise beckoned him inside, and he was powerless to resist. The interior of the cave was unnaturally dark and stiffly warm, a clammy fever heat that reeked like awful, swept from a butcher's block. A voice deep inside was screaming at him to run, to get as far away from this hideous place as possible, but his traitor's feet carried him still deeper into the cave. A droplet from somewhere high above landed on his cheek, and he flinched at the sudden burning pain of it. He looked up at the cavern roof, seeing pale grub-like shapes hanging overhead and swaying with frantic trapped motion. In the translucent surface of the fresh-spun web, a human face screamed in mute horror against the suffocating silken net. What, what is this place? He asked, the veils of deceit woven around him falling away. This, this is my temple, Marcus. As Elise said, reaching up to unfasten the eight-pronged brooch at her shoulder and letting her cloak fall away. This is the lair of the spider god. Her shoulders squirmed as two pairs of slender, chitinous limbs unfolded from the flesh of her back, long, dark, and tapering to razored talons. They lifted Elise up as a grotesque, bloated mass shifted in the darkness behind her. Colossal legs heaved its corrupt body forward, the faint light from beyond the cave reflecting on the myriad facets of its eyes. The vast spider's bulk was enormous, furred and scabbed with wet, mutant growths. The terror of this nightmarish appearance shattered the last of Elise's hold on Marcus, and he fled towards the cave mouth with her cruel laughter ringing in his ears. Ropes of sticky webs struck the rock beside him. Glutinous strands struck his flailing limbs, and his pace slowed as he became more and more entangled. He heard the clicking of the clawed limbs in pursuit and wept at the thought of her touching him, yet more strands of her web snared him as something sharp stabbed his shoulder with astonishing swiftness. Marcus fell to his knees, paralyzing venom spreading through his body and locking him in a prison of his own flesh. A shadow fell across him, and he saw the mute steersman with his arms outstretched. Marcus screamed as the steersman's hooded robe collapsed, revealing that this was not a man at all, but a writhing nest of innumerable spiders given the semblance of a man. They fell upon him in their thousands, and his screams were choked to muffled grunts as they crawled into his mouth, clogged his ears, and burrowed behind his eyes. Elise swung into view above him, borne aloft by the joined limbs at her back. She was no longer beautiful, no longer even human. Her features were alight with a ferocious hunger that could never be sated. The looming form of her monstrous spider god lifted Marcus from the ground with its razored mandibles. You have to die now, Marcus, said Elise. But, but why? He managed with his last breath. 
Elise smiled, her mouth now filled with needle-like fangs. So that I can live. Whew! That last piece is just a horrifying image to think of spiders crawling down your throat and consuming you alive. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed that. Elise was another kind of just interesting character that I've run across that I wanted to read her story. I'd love to get more fan suggestions and the like. So thanks again for listening. I appreciate all the support you guys have been showing. It's incredible. And I am going to go get some sleep. Catch you on the flip side.